This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, tonight's episode of the Chaotic Goodcast. Tonight, we're going to talk uh, about uh, uh, about miniatures and board games, whether or not uh, you know a lot of games need them. Do they add any value? I've got a ton of games with all sorts of uh, plastic components and miniatures that need I need to paint, and uh, it seems just seems like I have heaps and heaps of, of miniatures, and it makes me wonder: like, are there certain games that probably don't really need miniatures and what do you prefer like with when a game has miniatures do you prefer like dungeon crawls you know if a game is just basically just a board with like you know in your with spaces do you prefer miniatures in that that case and if you didn't have miniatures it would co things cost less we're just going to talk a, a little bit about miniatures and, and board games and, and whether or not they add value we're also going to talk a little bit about the kind of under the radar announcement from wizards, wizards of the coast that they've got a new starter set coming up and uh, of course we'll talk new at the store and then we've got a couple other things that uh, we'll talk about so join us for episode 136 of the chaotic good cast <music> Hey everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Good Cast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Dirk Shoot. With me, I'm our fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. Uh, so I need to provide a random Canadian fact, right? Since Jason's not here. Our geek of the north will probably be joining us later on in the show. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, go feel free so, to uh, fill his shoes in the meantime. So Canada has less gravity than anywhere else in the world. True. There was a, a, a giant glacier that depressed the Hudson Bay region, and because of that, it has a slightly off uh, magnetic uh, and gravity field. Uh, things weigh like an ounce less there. Interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. A little factoid for well, you. I thought it was a joke. Uh, I think you're setting up I'm... something. And you're going to have no, to. No, no. Like, I, I mean, I'm really you know. like concerned about this i don't understand i don't understand Explains I a lot about jason uh, that's i I'm want saying. a geologist to explain this to me in more depth <laughs> because i'm confused right now <laughs> it's like a dent in it's like a dent in the head you know see <laughs> <laughs> why'd you look at me when you said that barney i'm looking at all of you oh okay okay uh, especially <laughs> joining us as always uh from ageofnight.com the one and only uh, amanda call Hello. Do you have any Do you have any fun main facts that you want to give us? Since uh, Ben gave us a Canadian fact. No, it's cold here. It's the middle of winter. It's not fun now. Now is not the fun time to be in Maine. Don't be here right now. That's my fun main fact. Little uh, known fact about people in Maine that uh, that they do give moose honorary driver's licenses. No. <laughs> Uh, moose just have right of way. You see a moose on the road, you just get out of the way. <laughs> and of course, joining us as always from storycomic.com, the one and only dad pun extraordinaire, Barney Smith. Joining you as always, you could probably say about my once a month. Oh yeah, once once or twice. <laughs> uh, you know, every once in a while he comes on. <laughs> I show up like a bad penny. All right, here it is. All right, here it is. I'm not saying your house is haunted. 
but I think a ghost just ate all of your gummy bears while you were in the bathroom. Nice. No, nice. no. I, I got I got some laughs on it online. So that's okay. Yeah. That's oh, how about this one? How about this one? If I had a nickel for every bread pun, I would have a pun per nickel. I like that one. All right. Nice. Uh, I'll remind everyone that's listening to the audio podcast, if you'd like to join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, you can join us on uh, on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Uh, we go live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, you can hit that subscribe button and uh, that little bell notification that lets you know every time we go live or upload new content. And uh, you can heckle Barney uh, about his dad funds if you want. <laughs> your, your, gummy, your ghost gummy bear joke reminds me of when I was like a toddler and before my younger sisters were born and I would do something I wasn't supposed to. And my parents would be like, what did you do? And I'd be like, I didn't, my brother did it. <laughs> I had no siblings at the time. I was, I'm the, I'm the eldest. I had no siblings. Nice. Was, my brother did it. <laughs> uh, Bill says, uh, seriously, less gravity ice road truckers proved that I think. So, yeah. All right, yeah, we're, we've got a great show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up in new at the store. We're going, to, we've got a new segment that we're going to introduce uh, into uh, the show, uh, and then of course we're going to talk about our featured content, which of course is uh, miniatures and board games. If uh, they add value, if they do, when, what type of miniatures, what type of board games do you like miniatures with? Which board games do you think could get away with not having uh, miniatures and and uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a topic to have because I think a lot of us have just piles and piles of plastic toys that, uh, you know, are on, on our shelves for these board games. And are they really necessary? And are we going to see a decline in them uh, with the rising cost of everything going up? All right, let's get to our first segment. And that, of course, is brought to, brought to us by Ben. Ben, let's get you that great oh, no. intro <laughs> to get you started. Where is it? I can't find it. Oh, no, it's lost. Show me there we the go. Show. Here it is. Show me the money. There you go, Ben. Uh, I love it. So uh, we got two uh, pretty highly anticipated releases that I want to talk about today. First up is the new Pokemon TCG expansion. This is Brilliant Stars. This is hitting... Uh, stores. It should be in pre-release stores now in your general uh, non-pre-release stores by the end of the week. This uh, continues the sword and shield uh, kind of block that uh, that they go through with every new iteration of uh, the video game. We get kind of a new uh, block of cards for the collectible card game as well. Uh, this one also has a lot of tie-ins with the new Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus. That recently came out on Nintendo Switch. A lot of characters from that. Arceus being one of them. Uh, like the god Pokemon is going to be in here. Uh, and Charizard, my favorite Pokemon, is making a return to the card game as well. Uh, these are going to be available in the normal uh, booster packs, elite trainer boxes, and various other box sets coming out this week as well. Um, a lot of people talking very highly about this and I think mostly because of the video game tie-ins is is keeping the the hype for this Pokemon release uh pretty much as high as it can go 
Yeah, it's been funny. Uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, you've seen uh, a lot of Pokemon talk at the school because uh, folks that are learning, tuning in for the first time, uh, I, I, I help out the school. And I was surprised at how many how many kids and high schoolers and, and everything uh, are talking about Pokemon in general. Just uh, so I think uh, it's definitely you know it kind of comes in waves of popularity, much much like everything else. But uh, this new this new video game definitely has has more people talking about uh, the IP. Uh, do you have a lot of folks that do you have a big uh, Pokemon community at your store, Ben? Yeah, it, it it feels like it's more collectors than players right now. Uh, but we definitely are having a lot of people that have called the shot being like, Hey, are you getting it? When are you getting it? How much are you getting? Like, can I get some? And, uh, the answer to that is, um, yes, we're getting it. We're not sure exactly when because of logistic delays. We know we're going to get some, I'll get shipping confirmation later in the week. And no, we're not going to take your name right now because we might not get any. So, right. <laughs> but, uh, but it looks like uh, I did actually just get shipping confirmation uh, today for my distributor. looks like we're getting about half what I ordered. Wow. So okay. uh, definitely some allocations uh, on this. It looks like um, the Pokemon company is like they've done with celebrations uh, and uh, fusion strike the, the previous sets. Uh, they are kind of releasing it in waves. So if you absolutely have to have this product now, you probably should have called your local store last week. Uh, but if you are still interested in it and uh, willing to maybe uh, wait a couple weeks, uh, or maybe your store is getting more than, than they thought and you can get in there now, I would definitely contact them soon because the second wave will probably be about three to four weeks out. Uh, so if this first wave goes quickly, I uh, shouldn't have too too long to wait to get the rest of it. Nice, nice, very cool. All right, what else? Uh, what else you have coming in at the store this week? So this is the uh, the Tales from the Loop. The board game is hitting its retail release. This was funded on Kickstarter previously, and uh, it is now coming to a retail as well. Uh, we got a chance to play this at uh, PAX Unplugged. Uh, Doug and I did, and did. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it is a great cooperative like exploration kind of style game um i can definitely see me wanting to play this more than some of the other co-ops that are out there just because it has such a strong narrative feel to it um i i really like kind of what was in there and trying to figure out the puzzles it's not super linear you can really pick and choose where you're going uh and the ip if you're familiar with tales from the loop i assume you are if you are a listener and watcher of this podcast but if you're not, it is just a wonderful setting, and you should definitely check it out. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, if you are a fan of the RPG, this is kind of another way of playing this in this in this uh, call it Simon verse because uh, you know Simon Stalinhog has created this, and uh, it's done really well. The, the components seem to be really decent. I love the fact that they have the two ply. Uh, player dashboards, so mm -hmm. then that way it kind of really if your table gets nudged, you know, it doesn't things don't go all over the place. Um, this is a, this is again, this is kind of going along with with the, the theme of the show. This is a, a game that has uh, minis from from Dust uh, Studios. Uh, half of you know it has the mechs uh, as minis, and then there's a couple other little expansions that are coming on later on. Uh, I think they're they're actually available at retail as well. Um, but uh, they also have like a couple, you know, mech minis or a dinosaur mini, mini uh, that you can add to this game. Uh, I don't think that the game would be as impressive if it didn't have 
mech minis, but and, and I mean, if they were if those minis were, were standees, I, I don't know about you, Ben, but I think well, part of the fun is watching those mechs yeah. kind of like roam around the board. I, I think what's interesting about this game, and we'll probably talk uh, talk about it a little bit later on, but like the player pieces in this are standees. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like we have standees, we have mechs, we have tokens, like. This this board game really runs the gamut of all the potential options, um, and I think it pulls it off well. Like obviously the the player pieces are going to be picked up and moved around a lot, so you probably don't want anything expensive that's going to be hard to re replace in their place. Uh, whereas the you get the impressive table presence from the mechs, which don't necessarily move around as much as the uh, the player pieces, so they can have a little bit more of that impressive imposing table thing. So. Uh, we did. Uh, I, I will point out that the retail uh, cop version of this game does comes with unpainted um, the miniatures. Uh, there is a there's a premium uh, or mm -hmm. collector's edition that you can get uh, that uh, you can get buy directly from Free League for for a limited time that actually has pre painted miniatures as well. Um, Jody wants to know what's what's the retail cost on. Ah, uh, uh, of course you have to uh, to have to ask me that. I, I, I will. I will. Vamp uh, bam, bam for me, Doug. Vamp for me. Uh, I will tell you that the the box is very heavy. Uh, there is a lot of content that's that's packed in that box. In that box, it's a, it's a rather large box that's as well. Box. Um, but yeah, I've got it right in front of me. Otherwise, I would have. Uh, you know, nobody wants to see me reach across looks, the table. Uh, and, looks like eighty U.S. dollars. That sounds the, about right. Yeah. yeah, is the is the MSRP on this, and there, uh, there's there, a lot of cardboard in there. There is, there is, and and there's even a scenario where you can create your own scenarios with, uh, so like not only does it come with I think six six scenarios to play out, um, it also gives you an option to create your own scenarios with with the the material that's included in there. And then joining us finally uh, is uh, Jason Hunt, our geek of the north. Jason, <laughs> don't worry, Jason, I got the random Canadian fact covered. Cool. <laughs> it finds out it turns out that you weigh less in canada yes yep. uh, so southern sky says uh heavy box equals possible murder weapon for when your spouse finds out <laughs> heavy box of what uh the uh, tales from the loop the board game oh yeah it's a, it's a heavy box i've got i've got uh copyright in front of me here i should have should have uh, brought it over closer to the screen so i'm not so I, I could have showed it, but yeah, no, it's good. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, we're, we're going to, uh, I'll be at Gamma Expo uh, for Free League in a few weeks, and we're going to have that on display and show that off a little bit more as well. Um, it was nice to see the, uh, the the reaction of it at PAX Unplugged. We had an early production copy uh, at PAX Unplugged, and people were very, very excited about uh, seeing that. That, that production copy, you could have sold probably... 30 or 40 times yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> people kept being like no seriously how much for me to walk away with it we're like no yeah. no you look you look this way i pay you some money you i look that way and neither of us says a word it was yeah it, and it was fun uh we got to play like like ben said we got to play it one night after hours and uh yeah i'm excited to oh, uh, some, some of us got to play it well i i got to play around uh, and then uh you know i had an appointment that i had to uh did ben to. not get to play no, no, I, I, no, we all, there was, uh, actually, there was quite a few of us that, there's John yeah, we, we, we set up the ta table, uh, we played a couple rounds, and then Doug decided he had a, uh, an appointment with the inside of his eyelids at the table. Uh, so. so what Ben is not telling you is that previous, before we, 
sat down to play this game because we went to a hotel lobby and and, and played it at, at PAX Unplugged, you know, during PAX Unplugged. And we had just gone out to dinner and, and like ate like an amazing meal with like lots of meat. Uh, that was the night we went to the barbecue place, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And like I was in a meat coma as soon as we started, as soon as we sat down, I was like, whew. But I did get to play a couple rounds. I'm excited to play it again. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, no, I, I know Scott uh, who joined us really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, John, John and I will play it again uh, in a couple of weeks. So excited, excited. Very cool. All right. Uh, anything else that uh, you want to uh, announce that you've got coming that's, in later? Uh, later week? That's it. That's that's a new hotness for this week. Uh, you know, we just came off the uh, the Magic uh, Kamigawa pre-release and release this past week, which went really well. Uh, nice. Definitely check that out if you are interested in in Magic. Yeah, Pokemon's hitting this week, and board games uh, with the Tales from the Loop. So yeah, it's a we're we're getting some some heavy hitters coming in uh, to to close out February here. Nice, very cool. Well, I'm getting an alert that we've got news coming in. So here we go. This just in. Look at that. What the heck sure. is going on? Look at that. That was very loud. That was your that was our Patreon budget for the next 10 years, probably that's, on the graphics there. That's our breaking news uh intro. <laughs> you, uh, We've got uh, why, a couple things. Why was that... it so loud and so long? Something tells me there's gonna be breaking news every week, just so Doug can use that graphic. Absolutely there is. <laughs> Absolutely there is. Definitely uh splurged on the pixels for that one, I see. Yeah. I'm just saying it's it's my segment, so I gotta. <laughs> That's where all the missing pixels from the feature presentation and uh, right. show me the money yeah. So we've had we've had some uh, industry news in the last couple of days, so let's uh, let's get to it. Uh, let's start out with uh, Skybound Games and Druid City Games announced that the, their like collaboration together uh, is no no longer uh, happening. Uh, Druid oh, that's City what Games. the little red line is for. Yeah, Dru- I Druid thought maybe City it was Games. the stock price was going up or something. Right, right, yeah. It was, a, it was an ambiguous graphic, <laughs> but it's a breakup. You should have... Hey! I'm putting, I'm hey, putting Amanda on, on mute. Um, <laughs> it was like a little heart that was broken. No, I don't think... Because I don't think anybody is... like. So. Maybe you should have consulted the artist... <laughs> this, is, this is the this is the thing. Like, I, I don't think that this is like a, 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 a bad thing. I think I think they just decided, hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna go. Uh, Skybound Games kind of established themselves. Druid City Games had already established themselves before Skybound kind of came into the into uh, in, into business. Um, so I, I think it was just kind of this thing where, hey, you know what? We we want to bring you on and, and kind of develop our our uh, uh, establish our, our identity in the mar- in the industry, and then you know. Uh, we all know, to, uh, you know, I, I'm friends with James Hudson, who who is, of course, the the head of uh, Druid City Games, and and uh, he's he's very talented and very uh, very you know uh, smart and and just a a very clever guy. So I, I think that uh, you know this just kind of gave him a little more experience, uh, you know, kind of collaborating with Skybound and IPs and everything. Kind of lets him do his own thing now too, uh, because I think uh, there's a couple uh, a couple games that he had in the works. Uh, Title Blades Two, I think, is is on on the way to Kickstarter, and then there's uh, another Already? one. What's that? The first Title Blades just come out. 
No, it's been out for a little while. It's it's been a uh, t- but uh, okay. title bleeds. This the sequel is going to be be coming to Kickstarter. I think here in the next week or two, um, and then that's going to have an, an associated uh, RPG along with it uh, through uh, Monty Cook Games. Uh, for for Title Blade, so I think it kind of lets him collaborate a little bit more with folks in the industry that maybe he wasn't able to with with Skybound Games. I, I don't know, maybe that's just me. I, I know it's an amical, you know, uh, separation of of the two entities, which is which is great. Uh, still excited to see what uh, Skybound is going to do, and and I'm really excited to see what uh, Druid City is going to do now. And uh, I think their potential for for uh, what what they can both do on their own is is still you know, really, really high. Uh, it kind of, uh, I, I know a few of the Druid, Druid City Games titles had, they announced that they weren't, they were going out of print for a little while. Um, so it kind of, this news, I think kind of coincides with, with the, the announcement that uh, like uh, the, their, their games were going to be kind of uh, out of print. So I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think this is something that they, they had planned on of- for a little while. So restructuring going on behind yeah the scenes. yeah mm-hmm. so you know i am much uh excited to see what uh, james does and what the skybound team does and and uh you know i wish wish both of them much luck and uh thank you to the both teams and you know for for what they put out during these last few years you know, they put out some cool, cool stuff so uh but yeah it was kind of an interesting uh, to see that uh, that announcement uh, let's see here. What else do we got? The other, the other breaking news that we have this, uh, and this was kind of something that uh, kind of flew underneath a lot of uh, people's radars. But I, I don't think that Wizards kind of made this like an official announcement. I think it was part of a presentation that they did. Uh, but uh, we've got a new uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, starter set. Uh, so yeah, they uh, it's coming later uh, in 2022. Uh, it's a it revealed the new starter set as part of its innovative play and entertainment lineup trailer. There are very few details about the product, the outside of what can be seen of it in the trailer. The new box set will likely come with a booklet, presumably featuring a streamlined rules and character sheets. Uh, beyond that, they, they didn't say too much else other than it was going to retail for forty nine ninety nine. dollars That's uh, which, a lot. Which we know is a big jump from their existing starter set, which it retails for $19.99, but it has... You know, it's pretty much just an empty box with some some. You know, I I don't know. Ben can maybe can speak to to how well the, the existing starter sells, but there's really not much in that box when you open it up, uh, other than a couple booklets and some dice and and. This is and... this is going to have to be a lot more akin to the essentials box if it's going to justify that kind of price point. Right. Um, the essentials box at least comes with like some open ended rule stuff that you can play and create characters with and can actually get uh, a pretty robust feel for 5th edition D&D for not a lot of money. But even the Essentials kit's only $25. Like, it's 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 not much more than the, the starter set, which no. is a very streamlined, you know, the, on, 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 uh, on railroad tracks adventure that teaches you each rule individually as you go through it. Um, so I hope this is definitely more akin to the the uh, the essentials box, uh, and I I honestly hope I'm able to stock all three of them. To be to be honest, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they keep uh, all the SKUs the same. And of course, with different having different price points is always good for for a uh, retail business in in general, um, and and for a product line. My question and and Hungry kind of brings it up here a little bit here. 
um, Hungry Yoak says, could this be a precursor to 6E? And and my 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 thing is, I, the timing of this is kind of in, unusual because they've said that six that the the, the the next iteration of 5E, where they I don't think they actually call it like a six six edition. I think they call it like a 5.5 or a five revised or something like that. Um, I, I'm surprised that they didn't wait off and and put this product out when that kind this, of gets established. Yeah, uh, this this will. This will probably touch upon what's coming down the pipe probably. in those revised core books uh, expected in 2023. But this is this is just a way to put something new out on the market. I mean, the existing starter set is literally like five years old at this point. It's an old product that's hitting. I wouldn't say it's hitting market saturation because we're adding new role players to the hobby every day. But you know, if you put a new product out there. You're gonna probably sell a lot to existing players too, just so they have that content that they can use. Yeah, it, it, it just kind of surprises me that that they put out a starter set that's so close to the price point of a of a player's handbook. Um, I wonder if they might have some uh, um, some digital tools like D and D Beyond or something in there, maybe. Oh, I don't doubt it because mm. I know that they've done maybe that with a, the essentials. Maybe a freebie yeah. for the, the DMG or the player's handbook mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really kind of curious as to what they're going to be including in this starter set. Um, for $49.99, there's a lot of really great starter sets out on the market and just that, Actually, have, a um, of, that have a lot of content that don't have a retail yeah. price of $49.99. So, the, uh, the Pathfinder starter set is amazing. I, yeah, I really it, don't even like Pathfinder, but... And I want I won it uh, in in a contest. And if I didn't have such a dislike of the the math gymnastics you have to do in Pathfinder, I would probably, if I was shown the two boxes, I would have chucked the D and D starter set out a window first. Right, <laughs> because there's <laughs> yeah, so much more in the Pathfinder starter set. The 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 D and D starter set, the one that's out right now, is is very underwhelming. If if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, we've seen I, we've seen Chaosium's uh, RuneQuest starter, which is I, I've said this before. I I'm surprised that they're even making money on that. Uh, I'd be surprised if they were. Uh, it's got to be a lost leader for them. Uh, but that's just it's chuck full of content and and just really high quality uh, pro, you know materials in there. Um, you know, not to toot Free League's horn too much because you know I, I like <laughs> you know I, I hate to I hate to do do that just. Uh, but but like the the alien starter is is an amazing value. Like and th those are, and that retails for about you know forty nine ninety nine. You know you, you better wizards. I hope bring something really cool to the table with. with yeah, some... you got to show up with your A game if you're the yeah. big kid on the block and and the and the and the indie guys are doing bit better than you are. And, I, and I'm sure they will. It's just I, I'm kind of curious as to what what will be in, the, in it. And I, I'll ask anybody that's watching the show. I'm effective. If you're planning on getting the starter, let let us know in the comments and. Or uh, if you're interested in in the fact that uh, the timing of, of the start starter is, is odd to you, because it was definitely odd to me, uh, let us know. I'm just kind of, uh, it was definitely a surprise to me. Let's put it that way. I, I don't know. Uh, that I didn't expect to see an announcement for a, a new D&D starter until probably next year once, once that 5E revised, uh, or I guess 5.5 or whatever you want to call it, uh, is, will, will, will take place. 
So. I just find it funny that Jason had to clarify that he never purchased a Pathfinder. He wanted. <laughs> he wanted to make it very clear that he did. Yeah, I know that was that was really. Uh, that was like a, he emphatically <laughs> wanted to make that that point made. When they launched Second Edition, my first thought was, "Oh my God, all of those First Edition source books are going to be dirt cheap." <laughs> and sure enough, I went down to when last the next time I went to the city to my not at all local game store. They had the entire range. They had a, like pretty much one copy of every book on for like 25% of the retail price. And people were literally carting away like armfuls of these hardcover books to the till because it's all just free source material now. <laughs> uh, Hungry says, wasn't Wizards of the Coast going to break out from Hasbro? Well, there there is... So... Two, like 2%. Yeah, there, the there is there, there is a, a a fund that owns like two percent of of uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast or Hasbro, I guess, stock, and and they want them. They've suggested that they break off, and they've, I think they sent a letter, and because they they think Ooh, it would a letter, be, yeah. Well, you know how you have to do this this <laughs> stuff where you have to address you know the 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 board or whatever. Um, They've they've sent a request to 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 have that kind of explored to see if Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro could be their own two separate entities because the the way they they figure is that Wizards of the Coast by themselves would be you know I don't know how many billions and then Hasbro by itself would also be so many billions rather than only like the set amount for for both companies breaking them off would, would pretty much double up their value is basically what the, what they're suggesting i um, think the so. most intriguing part about this like proposed split is that uh magic pro player john finkel was approached by this this controlling interest group uh to join the the board of wizards of the coast should the split happen and to be honest that intrigues me. I would be interested to see what a a Wizards of the Coast that had some actual previous big names from the game and from the company in control of it might actually do. I don't know if it's a good idea, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't really hurt them to have somebody who's in touch with the community and made knows. a career out of professionally playing the game that they're mm -hmm. selling. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's oh, kind of what Amanda disagrees. Amanda disagrees. <laughs> I mean, it'd be good to get some sort of advice from from somebody that that uh, is in touch with I, with your consumer base. I understand that idea. I understand that theory. I'm just, uh, you know, there's a there's a big difference between knowing what you and your friends like as far as games go and what makes any sort of sense as far as producing a product and getting it to market and making sure that it actually sells and is viable for more than you and your friends <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying fans can <laughs> offer some valuable insight but uh a lot of a lot of people have tried to explain to me how games should work before and the things that they tell me are things that do not make any sense <laughs> as far as actually producing game content well here's, here's the other thing is that wizards uh, definitely wants to uh you know they've stated many a time that they you know they want to grow uh electronically more than mm. than mm -hmm. in their retail you know side of things so you know i i think you're going to see 
that pushed more and more and you're probably going to have more folks that are in tune with you know the retail the the electronic sides and the e-commerce side of things more than anything else Um, i mean even just how hasbro kind of shifted things around within the last year basically calling it wizards of the coast and digital development like that's what they made that whole sector so like yeah Yeah. it's (laughs) wizards uh wizards is definitely poised to to capitalize on that digital aspect (laughs) <laughs> Vanderbee says, I thought fans know best was the point of this podcast. No, I think we just kind of like to talk about stuff that we that we enjoy, but uh, we, we'll, we'll be the first ones to admit we don't always know the best, but uh, it's always, uh, it's always good oh, to... Yes, we do. What are you talking well, about? <laughs> it's, it's always fun to kind of like get the community involved, in, and that's why the, I, I chose the topic of this, of this podcast was because I think it... You know, it, it'll uh, spur discussion between uh, the community and, and uh, you know, it'd be and it's it, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, everybody has for uh, thoughts on on miniatures games, uh, and board and miniatures and board gaming. Uh, yeah, so that, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Uh, I don't think they made any other D and D announcements during that presentation. I think it was no, just that it. starter, which is kind of odd. Like the the fact it, that they kind of let that leak, and they didn't even could- like let people know like it yeah. wasn't even like a big like announcement or anything it was just like oh yeah we got this coming like and like yeah like, there are literally, literally the graphic that i have on the screen here <laughs> if you're watching live like that's the best resolution graphic that i could find yeah mm. it was like it was like a that cell phone crazy. picture of the of the presentation <laughs> yeah like i there was no no talk of a presentation this was very clearly not to be a product of the announcement presentation this was right. meant to be more logistical and 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 that sort of thing and then oh yeah by the way swoop and it's like wait what what if they what if they had this last minute drop something and they needed some filler maybe that's mm-hmm. why there was no prep for it, it. could be right. I, I just it was, think that... right it was kind of like it was kind of like when um when spider-man turned down uh tony stark and he had to figure out something to say at the press conference that's probably right that. right you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I just think it was it's kind of odd like i was surprised like i said this whole thing the whole thing just kind of surprised me and and i was surprised to see it come up in my feed and sometimes and like, it works out in a right? grassroots kind of thing like there's been mm-hmm. times before like games workshop is really bad for that where they would show pictures of games day stuff and people would be speculating about everything every second pixel of the picture for the right. next six months the community would be on fire with people debating back and forth like what's the new release going to be what the new model is going to be i don't recognize that pose ah blah, 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 you know stuff like that sometimes all it takes is a picture to spark the community right or or maybe it was an accident and someone got fired so <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the the few things that, that that kind of took me off guard with this announcement was or that this this information broke was a the, the timing of it because you know like i said uh-huh. you know, it's kind of odd that uh, that they're gonna put this that, out before that, like that, the 5e that doesn't bother but me at all may, maybe maybe it's going to incorporate some of the changes in there the other thing is um the price point the price point 49.99 is, is you're competing with a book at this point why wouldn't you want an entry level uh product to be a little bit cheaper you you you're trying to get someone to to buy into and play this game that's Why? not really that steep of an entry level though really no but when you, you look at games like things like games just... workshop and stuff like that like that's a pittance to pay for a oh, starter abso- set absolutely i'm just saying that like 
I'm just curious as to why the price point is so high, unless they're going to keep the other ones, which they, they might be doing anyway. I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of curious. The $49.99 kind of intrigues me. And uh, the fact that uh, uh, the fact that uh, they didn't really announce what's going to be in there for content. Because uh, as it stands right now, it looks like it's not much more than what's on the in the original uh, uh, starter as of yeah, right now. The, but the, maybe the I'm picture wrong. is very bare bones I, yeah i hope yeah. there's more weirdly there's only six dice in that picture that's really setting off my ocd a bit <laughs> well you don't need it you don't need it so don't with you tell D &D, me that i don't need 2d10 you don't need a percentile you don't you in don't... D, D. it's silence. very rare very silence rare. <laughs> for a starter product you don't need it yes you do it's just, yeah. No, I'm I'm curious to know more. I hopefully they'll they'll let us know more about it uh, in the coming months. Um, they didn't say as to when in 2022 it was going to be uh, put out. Uh, they just said later in 2022. So, yeah, there's. Uh, uh, I'm curious to know how far along the the development pipeline it is just to kind of get it uh, get it into stores. It'll be interesting to see because wasn't the essential the essentials kit was a uh, was a target exclusive for a little while, right, Ben? For about two months. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they, they go that route with the with this starter set. <laughs> and Ben's mouthing that they will. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting. Because this is for their innovative like this isn't for this they said this this was uh so Hasbro revealed the new starter set as part of its innovative play and entertainment lineup trailer. So, what is innovative play and entertainment lineup? Oh, is that just that's just the 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 division that uh, that is going to that's going to be a marketing uh, push where they they put out a bunch of stuff probably mid to late Q three, lining up for the holiday. Um, and starting to get some hype in around on that, be like, hey, play games because it's the cool thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> John, John says it's nothing but buzzwords. You're not yeah, wrong, pretty much. You're not wrong. You know, he's not wrong at all. Yeah, no, it's completely not at all. buzzwords. Oh man, all right, I guess that's gonna do it for the breaking news segment. Let's get to our featured content. And that second, I thought he was gonna play that graphic again. What the, the, just prep the mute, right? That is a I can't believe. It. Okay, fine. Next it's time, a nice, next, it's a nice graphic, but it's very loud. Next time, I will turn it down. How about that? I appreciate just, that. Thank you. Just for you. I, I appreciate that. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about a subject that I think. I, when did I bring this up in the in the chaotic good cast chat? Like a little while ago, right? It was something three four days ago. Yeah, it was every time when I throw out an idea, and I always get that 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 low, that icon of you like oh, I'm not sure, and then you. <laughs> Sorry, Barney. No, he's not. No, I'm not. yes, I am. Or um, not. I. We, we, we were talking about, I think, one an upcoming uh, campaign that uh, is, I, I won't name names, but it's, it's, a, it's a board game that's coming out that has miniatures that, like, I don't know if miniatures are really necessary for this board game because they're mostly just for, they're just standees because the board game is ba a basic board game. It's going to have areas you know, on a map and you put your character, you know, in different areas to control 
and it just seems like it's kind of just bloating the game and the price point of the game any for anything so basically my my suggestion was like how many games like when does a board game when do you prefer to have a board game have miniatures and when does it add value we see Simon do all these kickstarters and we just saw them wrap up marvel zombies which did ended up on like the top which did ridiculous ridiculous and ridiculous numbers and, and, and it's just basically a retheming of, of an existing board game that they have. So it's just like, you know, you're buying it for the plastic toys, uh-huh. mostly. It's, uh, that's Simon's that's business model. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but, like, a lot of times miniatures aren't needed. Right. And And when do you, as a player, feel... Like miniatures, you'd rather have miniatures over standees. Like I, I guess because some games, as I'm looking over across my collection, like I'm like, oh yeah, that has miniatures, but you know what? It would probably be cheaper and just as fun if it had standees. Like, but then I've got you know dungeon crawl games where I'm like, oh no, I gotta have standees for that. I'm just kind of curious as to where that line why do you, is for why, everyone. Why do you feel like you have to have standees for your dungeon crawl game, Douglas? No, I don't feel like I have to. Have, no, I oh, want miniatures. For, yeah, I want miniatures. That's what I'm saying. Why, though? Like, why do you feel like you want them for your dungeon crawl specifically? What about Be- the dungeon because crawl? Because I think that's something. Like so I think that's. I think it's basically when I've got a board and it represents like almost a scale. Like it's almost to the scale of the miniatures, so it pre- it represents like space that I I could picture my miniature like existing in. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like so. if you just have like a board with like different sections on a on, on the board that represent different areas, like okay, yeah, I've got I've got this miniature, but like I don't really need to like have it be like a 3D pawn. Like I just give me like a cutout, so I put it here on the map, and like okay, yep, I know where this is. Like okay, well, yep, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to this part of the board now. Like it's not really like you know it. I'm not as immersed into the tabletop you know experience when it's just like when a spot on the board just represents something on uh you know it, it, rather than whereas you know you want like an actual board with like spaces and, and other miniatures coming at you and whatnot. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. That's there's just, there's this line there for me. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious if it's the same line for everyone else. Uh, John says, let's just get to our chat real quick. John says standees just feel lazy. Just feels lazy to me. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Ben, what about you? What do you, what, how do you feel about, uh, how how do you feel about the miniatures and, and, I th- I think nowadays, especially if you're going to crowdfund your your game, having miniatures is is needed to grab that look that 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 attention in the marketplace. Um, standees, um, you know, John said they're they're lazy. I don't know if it's lazy, but they're not flashy. Like they don't they don't make people stop as they walk past the table. Um, and that is something that a lot of companies are trying to get people to do is stop when they come across their game and, and pause and pick it up and look. Um, I, I can 
take or leave minis in most games. Uh, I racked, I just racked my brain for board games that used minis mechanically in their game, and it is nothing. Like they are, they are showpiece to show off something cool that you're able to do, and I'm I'm fine with that. I think some games need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Root does a fantastic job in giving you fun, right. uh, plentiful pieces. They're the they're they're wooden meeple like things with a little bit of screen printing on them. That's going to be a little bit less. Uh, Less cost than sculpting, you know, resin minis and producing those, but it still grabs a good amount of table space. Standees, yeah, I'm probably going to overlook that game. You give me some meeples, you give me some tokens, something 3D that does pop from the the the, the flat plane of the table, and I'll pay attention to it. Does it need to be minis? I don't think it does. No, I, I think you're totally right. Uh, Root is an, an amazing example of of what uh, I'm kind of getting at. That game, I don't think would be as great if it had me uh, ha- didn't have its little like meeples that uh, are, are cut out and screen printed just because it kind of goes along with the, the 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 look of that game i think it i think they did a great job of of incorporating uh you know uh, not only the 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 artistic look of the the game but also just that i'm glad that they made that call with with uh, the die cut uh, meeples in it uh, barney how about you what uh, what do you feel with uh with with miniatures and, and board games, I I I think what I what I love about miniatures and you can see this also when it comes to board games. You know that you know roll twenty. You have people have to like you know create the illusion of miniatures. So there is something right. important about it. But also as like what Ben was saying as well. What you're saying it has to match the theme and the feel of the game. So right. for instance. The only way you get those stand-ups, like the, the cardboard cutout stand-ups, would be if it's um, if it matches, like if it if it shows that it's it's part of part of the theme of the game. So the benefit I would say of miniatures is that when you're rolling dice, you already have something solid that you're interacting with. Uh, miniatures kind of creates an environment. Uh, say for instance, when you're when you're playing with you when, when you when you're playing a game with. Uh, that has the cutouts, the, the the cutouts on it. It matches with the the uh, what's the what's the word of it? The the, the flip spin dial. The oh, the spinner thing. The spinner. The spinner. spinner. Yeah. Yeah, it's just called a spinner. It's just the a flip spinner. Spin okay. dial I thing. think I'm overthinking the definition. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, it. yeah, you I think are. You are. <laughs> I want to. I want to, there, I want to impress is... all the board game folks. There is no fancier term. It's no, there, there, it's the the uh, rondelle with the uh, hand around. That's that's what. It, no, I don't know. What it, no, it's the directional randomizer. Yeah, the directional randomizer. That's, no, that's, when, that's, I that's, hate it. When, no, when you have the flat directional randomizer. No, it's important don't call it that. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, that, we just broke Amanda. I, I, you know, but also I think that, and this is kind of like an open-ended question: is like when you actually have miniatures that can be utilized as agnostic pieces for other games, is that more of a selling point for people to wanting to buy that game? So, uh, I mean, Amanda, what, what are, I'm wondering, what are your like, thoughts would you on do that? Would you? Would you? If you saw miniatures, we like. This looks like a cool game, and 
I could use these miniatures for X, Y, Z. Oh, I, Jason, do you, mm. you and I never do that, do we? We never back a, a Kickstarter on uh, a Kickstarter for a, a miniatures <laughs> board game, thinking that oh my god, this would be great for uh, like a, an RPG or for like a minis agnostic uh, skirmish game that we might have in our <laughs> library. We've never done that, right, Jason? Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> trying to look innocent. Yeah, yeah, failing miserably, but trying. Trying, trying to look innocent. That is basically Minis Gaming for Doug and I in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is a really cool mini. I can use it in the following seven games. <laughs> uh, Amanda, what about you? What uh, do you have any kind of feeling about miniatures and board miniatures with board games? I mean. Skirmish games and tabletop games, that, that's a totally different that's thing. That's a totally is, different is, thing. This is yeah. just so, like, uh, right, right, like board right. games Because like, Because like tabletop war game, like if you're doing like war gaming or skirmish gaming, that sort of thing, like the miniatures mm -hmm. are there for a reason because mechanically they make sense. You actually do use them mechanically. You have things like line of sight and you can move them all over the place and and base-to-base -base contact and all of this kind of stuff. Like there's actual mechanics of, involved with that. But when you're talking about a board game, mechanically, I am hard-pressed to think of a game where the miniatures actually were, could not have been replaced with standees. I literally can't think of one. They couldn't have been replaced with standees or meeples or other types of tokens, whatever. They certainly can add a lot of thematic value. They can add a lot of that kind of wow factor. Like right now I'm playing Wonder Book with the kids. It has little miniatures and it adds a lot to the experience because it also like the whole thing with that game is it is very elegantly designed. You could play it just fine and have fun with, you know, more basic components. But a big part of the game is the immersive experience and the fact that it's very atmospheric and you have like the big gorgeous pop-up board and you have the really detailed miniatures that the kids get to play with and get to run around on the board and it does add to the experience. I don't necessarily think that every game that releases a whole crap load of miniatures needs them. I think that it's just the thing that's on trend and it's expected as like an added value thing and it helps to in some cases make game publishers justify really ridiculously exorbitant price tags for their game and you kind of have to and like i wouldn't say they're exorbitant because those components are expensive to add which i want to address another comment that we got in the chat as far sure. as that goes in a minute um but yeah, I, and the thing is, though, that that kind of high price tag is also going to shut a lot of people out from the games, too. Like, those miniatures add a lot of expense, and that premium can be really cool and can make for a really cool experience. But there's a lot of games I'm just not going to buy, because I'm like, right. eh, I'm I'm kind of, like, on the fence on whether or not this game seems like something that I'm going to enjoy playing a bunch of times. And it's $120! No, I'm not buying it! <laughs> Like, that's just too much. That's ridiculous. So, yeah, like, if I feel like there are times when it can enhance the theme of a game. It can help with building the theme and building the atmosphere of a game. But it's not always necessary. And mechanically, I would argue it's never necessary in a board game. Or I have never seen it be necessary. I'm not going to flat out say that it couldn't be. I've just never seen it happen. And I did want to address real quick 
one of the things that uh, John Hooker said earlier, one of the comments was, if you're going to take the time to do art for a cardboard stand, why not just go the extra mile? Because it's not an extra mile. It's an extra 500 miles. It's an yeah. extra cross-country trip. Because I can produce a whole bunch of the artwork you need for standees in a few hours. But me, just me, by myself. I've done probably a couple hundred standee paper, cardstock characters for Skirmisher Publishing. If you look up on Drive Through RPG, RPG, most of the Skirmisher Publishing cardstock characters I have drawn. I've drawn literally hundreds of them. They don't take that long to draw, to just make a cardboard standee. To make a miniature, you need someone to draw it. You need to like come up with the drawn concept in not just one, one view, but an entire turnaround. You need a sculptor to then take that and render it into three dimensions, either physically or in a 3D program. You need someone to then take that model and either transfer it to a 3D program or cast it old fashioned way and make a mold to then make a master copy and see if it actually works because it, uh, it might not. There's a lot of trial and error in this whole process. Once you have it, have gone through your different iterations and you know that your actual little model will work, then you have to have a manufacturer make hundreds to thousands of them. This is not a simple process. This is not a small jump from a drawing front and back for a standee to a three-dimensional object that is produced en masse. And no, 3D printing is not good enough to do this in en masse. 3D printing is kind of janky and it's super slow. So it, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> There is so much more involved in actually producing miniatures. There's a lot of other people. There's a lot of other technical concerns. And there's a lot of extra production time that goes into all of that. And there have been a lot of advancements in the technology that make it slightly easier. But it's still a ton of extra work and extra resources past uh, some random person just drawing something in a couple of hours, which is what standees can be. <laughs> So, so basically, man, it's not going the extra mile. It's like basically going a mile and a half, right? Is that a little saying? more than a mile and a half. A little more than a mile and a half. It, 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 it definitely also, involves more, more pieces of the puzzle. A lot more you know, pieces of the puzzle. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that just because a company may be able to have a successful funding campaign and raise a lot of dollars doesn't necessarily mean that they, as a company, have the infrastructure to take on that sort of undertaking. The, the Robotech Tactics Kickstarter is a good example of that. Right. They designed yeah. their miniatures. They had them all printed off in, uh, I think it was Japan. A company in Japan did it for them. Um, they had all kinds of photos. They did all sorts of research on that. They mailed the finished models to the over or to the American hub for the Kickstarter. They were a disaster. Mm. None of them went together properly. All of them had really weird inconsistencies. So they went back to the drawing board with them, had them simplify the designs. They had to get everything re-sculpted, reprinted, then shipped back across the ocean again for another for a second check. And like that's one thing that I actually can't fault those guys for when they were doing this. They ran out of money so fast mm -hmm. because the company that they were working with was like, oh, hey, you want to redo these models? Oh, that's cool. You're now 150th in line for our next available set of uh sculptors that are working and then when they finally got caught up with that 
then they had to wait for them to be printed and cast and, and assembled and then sent back over again. And they, they had to do that three times and they ended up running out of cash. That's why half the models for that, for that uh, Kickstarter never got made. Ben, uh, you looked like you had uh, something you wanted to add or. I, I think it's, uh, it, it's where there's kind of two definitions of value that I think we're all kind of talking about. Yeah. There's the value in terms of raw economic value. Can this game be made cheaper? Or and then there's the fun factor, the value you get from a game, right? And like minis, absolutely, I think raise both of those. And I think a lot of companies probably are trying to walk that tightrope line between providing the better value to the customer while also, uh, from a fun standpoint, while also keeping it at a good value for that same customer in a monetary standpoint. Um, it, it's, it's, I mean, we saw the, the just egregious success of the, the Simon, uh, I don't know how else to put it when, when yeah, people are literally spending $600 on a or more or more. Yeah. yeah. Um, people will pay for experiences that are immersive. And eye grabbing and all that. They'll they, they'll do that. But the number of people that will pay a little bit less is probably a lot more. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I mean that that was kind of uh, and that that spurs the other the other uh, point of this this segment that I was going to ask is where do we see you know with the rising costs of everything going up and with of course with the dollars not stretching as far as they they used to even 12 months ago. And the, the the dollars in our pocket uh do we see any kind of trend going forward in the tabletop and in, in the the board game industry where maybe we're gonna see less miniatures and see some of those price points start to go down because of the fact that they can't afford miniatures for this project or that product and and okay yeah we've we can offer a 60 dollar board game without miniatures instead of the 120 dollar version that that does have miniatures um do do, do you jason, do you see jason that is as, vigorously yeah shaking J, jason's <laughs> shaking his head no I, I, or, or he's hoping that that's not the case uh, what, uh what, well, what, what are you what are you what are your thoughts jason mostly because paper's too freaking expensive right now man oh i know i i, I if you were if you were to take like say like this zombie side thing i don't know how many actual minis it comes with probably a few hundred probably Lots. Yeah. So okay. So let's a let's whole, just say it's two universe in, in like. Let's say form. let's say it's two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty minis in a box is first of all gargantuan. Um, two hundred and fifty individual double sided standees. The paper cost of that has gone up like three thousand percent. Sure. This but, year, because paper costs are just through the roof right now. But is so it, that alone would probably wipe out a lot of your potential uh, cost lowering right there. What about meeples, though? What and and we're starting to see a lot of like die cut meeples and and you know wooden. Well, it depends wooden. on what you're making them out of too. Like a lot of meeples are made of wood. Balsa right. wood's still dirt cheap. You can buy balsa wood on mass. Like it's a ridiculous. It's an amazing wood to work with, and it's ridiculously cheap. So that would probably be okay for that. Okay. But oh. yeah, like I would I would love honestly to see games come out more with standee options. 
with a full color standees would be a lot more welcome to me in a lot of games. As long as it's not tactical turn-based combat, that begs for minis like nothing ever could. But if you're not worried about inches to target or, um, you know, the literal distance from, from one thing to another, standees will serve you just fine. And not to mention, they're a heck of a lot easier to deal with. They're a heck of a lot easier to transport. Storage. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't, I, I you was... don't need a spare room in your house for standees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and trust me, I, I play Warhammer. I play War Machine. I play Infinity. <laughs> so I, I know what it's like ah, to have can I, giant can I, boxes. Can I? What is it? Before I make a fool of myself, what is it called? Storm surge. A storm surge. Okay, my oh, husband yeah, just finished nice. assembling this. Does he play Tau? Yes, he plays Tau. Oh my god. He's a, a giant weeb. Brigade. Of course he plays Tau. Uh, <laughs> play Necrons. <laughs> no. He has like five, six armies, something like I lose count. He has a lot of <laughs> armies, but Tau is his primary army. Look, you just put that together. Because I will say that this is a... Uh... That's a pricey mod you're holding. <laughs> this is very... That. This is very cool. Like, when, come on. When does a this mini just... no longer become a mini? That's yeah, the... yeah, that thing's like a, a foot large. tall. This is a very <laughs> I, I don't know. Simon, because they, they put out that Galactus that is like, <laughs> you know, five stories high. I don't know. <laughs> nice. That is, I, the, that is the theme song of Tao. Pew, pew. I, I once put a pair of googly eyes on one of his very large <gasps> models like this, and he didn't notice for almost a year. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so awesome. Amazing. When he finally noticed, I was like, this is the best payoff for a practical joke I've ever had. <laughs> I didn't, Barbies. like, glue them on. I put them on with, like, sticky tack so he could just... <laughs> There you go, Barney. Uh, since you're a, a, a parent of uh, two young uh, young girls, um, what in in you trying to play board games with them? Do you see any like you would assume that that having miniatures is is something that would appeal to younger kids as well? Because you know you're, it's basically plastic toys, right? Right. I, well, I think it's irrelevant in where they don't care as long as they get to move pieces. Like you, when you play Trouble, they're fine with the little plastic, you know, little plastic dots to move over mm-hmm. just as much as they. So it's it's funny is like it's to the point where like the more imagination you have, the more you're indifferent to how. Well, no, 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 I'm, no, I'm going to dig myself into something here. Um, the uh, the. I think what I kind of get back to what I was saying, it has to match the theme of the game. I think right, it's right. Like the, the miniatures on there, but like what, what Amanda was saying earlier too, that, that it's almost as well as like, it's, it's become standard. Like when you buy a vehicle, I don't know how many, like when you buy a, I've never bought a new car. I've always bought a used car. And every time I buy a used car, it's always at least five years older than the year I'm in, but it's still like 10 years newer than the last car that died sure, sure. Right, every right. time yeah. you get that and you're like what heated seats so, yeah come <laughs> like, and like you know it's like and so it's weird it's like when you get that it's almost to the point where it's become standard okay, and like, okay. to have that I, mini's option i can relate because i i only very recently got my first vehicle that didn't have a cassette deck in it so <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I'm, I'm wondering, it's almost to the point where we've gone to the, the point of like having such uh, a renaissance of board games and having being able to have such a niche 
thing. It's like it's almost to the point where it's like it's a standard add-in on a Kickstarter campaign to say this will now become a miniatures. Oh, and it's a standard point where when you do buy a when you do buy a game, doesn't even matter if it's from Hasbro or someplace. If you just go to Target, and you'd be like, "I didn't think they'd have a miniature version of this." You could buy Candyland. It's not the plastic figures. It's now like an actual three-dimensional. Like, oh, is it? Person that it is is like with a with a cupcake head. Now it's like it's almost it's become standardized to actually have miniatures. Yeah, uh, John makes the comment that uh, uh, his son doesn't even want to touch cardboard now that he has seen minis. Minis have made all the difference in him being interested in in games. Oh uh, no! Yeah. Oh no! He's already hooked. <laughs> Training train well. Parenting like a boss, right there, John. Uh, yeah, you would be I, selling your household appliances to buy minis. <laughs> so, real quick, I got to make a comment. To I apologize to the audio, the the, the the audio listeners on this, Jason. I just want to clarify that is that is actually like like a green screen background because that cat hasn't moved for like thirty minutes. So I'm just making it's his sure. little it's jorts. <laughs> you have internet celebrity jorts the cat hiding behind you. <laughs> uh, he's just yeah. he's just really scared to move right now. Do you, so. Do you think that we are going to see more Kickstarter or more? Yeah, I guess Kickstarters because I guess you wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, do you think we'll see more Kickstarters coming up in the future with a standee as its regular, uh, like a base option, and then miniatures as like you can pay as a, as an add-on for? Because uh, we've seen some campaigns like that in in, in previous years. But like, do you see that as becoming more of a commonplace? Uh, that would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. But again, again, like you know, as 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 Amanda said, it's that mile you walk or that five hundred miles you walk. Well, if you're doing both, then it's it's actually like five hundred and ten miles because now you got to right. figure out the logistics for both <laughs> and everything. Right. So uh, yes, I would love to see more companies offer the option. Um, I don't think you'll see it. It's just so much more work on the back end for those companies to plan both, um, figure out pricing for both. And, and uh, pricing is very much set by quantity. Like the more of something Mm -hmm. you order, the cheaper it becomes. And if you split your orders between two different mediums, you're going to pay more per game than you were that if you just picked one or the other so yeah i i think you'll see some of the big players offer uh choices like that the small players will pick one and run with it oh uh before i forget this thought completely i will point out one thing when we were talking about uh like meeples or little wooden standees or anything like that is that one thing that uh miniatures can offer if they are well designed is uh extra accessibility for people who are colorblind or have other vision challenges, the difference in the actual uh, silhouette and shape, overall shape of the miniature can actually make them easier to distinguish than mm-hmm. meeples or other point, types of yeah. components. So there is that. One, th- one thing I would like to see uh, more of, uh, especially with, with miniatures with board games, is some sort of mechanical value added to the, the miniature. Um, one thing I, I've got Nemesis from from Awakened Realms in in my possession, and the f- 
two times I've played it. Um, whenever you take put, you know, you're basically you know trying to fight off these these. It's aliens the board game. Let's just call it what it is. It's aliens the board game. That's, that's what and, it is. And, and basically, you're trying to uh, you're trying to navigate through the ship, trying to fix things, trying to set the coordinates, trying to fix the engines, and all the while you're trying to battle against these xenomorph or they call them nemesis that, that uh, pop up. Uh, They're not ship. xenomorphs. Yeah, not xenomorphs. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> legally uh, distinct, distinct but from clearly separate. There you, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as as you make noise, you know, traveling through the ship, you know, you, you, these things pop up. Anyway, um, the thing is, you you have to fight them with you know guns and and other things and the way you do that is whenever you you know inflict damage on them they have like these little red cubes that you have that signify and i would love to have something on that miniature where i could like put the red red cubes Mm, because otherwise you have to just kind of like place them on the miniature and it's really you want hero no, I just want no. I don't want hero clicks. I just want something that, that kind of like incorporates the 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 place to put the, the 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 damage counters on a miniature because little things like that. Yes, that would make the experience a lot not a lot more fun. Same thing with uh, with the Hellboy miniature game. I would love to see publishers make miniatures somehow mechanically you know, incorporated into their, their board game. I would like to see that. I think we're going to, I hope we're going to see that. I don't know. I don't the think only, you're going to see that. <laughs> the downside is Jason, you can't use them. Well, you probably won't use them for other systems. And well, no, not even, not even with that as a problem. It's just, you're adding a level of complexity that to the molding and everything. Be, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like you'd have to, you'd have to, you'd have to get the mini designed like uh, through all the steps that Amanda outlined. And then you'd have to have somebody say, okay, so we're going to take this really well-designed miniature, and now we're going to stab cubicle-shaped holes all over the thing so or, that you can slot in your damage markers. No, you just make it part of the base, or you had it have it as... Well, if you're going to make it part of the base, it is a Heroclix then. then. Yeah, then it kind of is just Heroclix. <laughs> you could just like put it as like an add-on to the base. I don't know. Right. I would love to see miniatures. Like- it could be like a, a two... Thing that comes together and you twist it to show different stats that come through. Ben, ben, oh. ben, just, ben just got himself a ben's been muted. So well ben, done, Ben. Uh. So I so ba- basically though I think Doug, what you're trying to explain is kind of like when you're taking your 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 pieces or heroes, what you'd want to call them, and then you can kind of click them. <laughs> I think. And now Barty's been muted. I, oh, I, Barty got kicked. Oh, he kicked him off. I you do like how it. how one of Doug's New Year's resolutions was to stop picking on his friends as much. And we just <laughs> yeah. we picked that up and said, you know yeah. what? <laughs> Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I I understand what you want. I I I do think it would be cool, but the level of complexity of the design would just it would have to be a third party thing like it would be like you know if you came out with something for for warhammer and you had um like a base extension that you could st- stand your model on yeah. and then that and then that that could be used to represent something mm. that would have to be a third party thing you th- there's no way that a price point would be tolerable yeah, with that built true. into the box unless you went with a really small mini count game 
So like let let like, me like where does that line like fall though in that regard, Doug? Like you're just talking about modifying a base. Like I just, couldn't that I just, just be a couldn't that be a base to a standee? Like it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't have to be. No, that's point. true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it so. doesn't have to be. I'm I'm just saying that like if you're gonna have miniatures. I mean, let's do something other than I appeal. I, I appeal with them, or I, making like, <laughs> you know, like like let's 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 you know, give them some sort of like function in the game as in, I, instead of just. I think it would be cool if part of the design, like if we're grabbing this nemesis, uh, you know, figure that we're kind of thinking about, if right. there were bits and pieces that as it took damage, you took them off. Right, that would be cool. Like, hey, right. when, when it when it loses a hit point, mm. you pull a spine out of the back, and the number of spines on its back is is the hit points that are left. That's a way to make uh, your mini mechanically matter within a game. Um, but it's also that's a lot of work too. So yeah, and that's a lot of fiddly bits. Yeah, like what what happens if you lose your spines? <laughs> and you're out of spines, and your game is broken. Same thing yeah. that happens when a card gets dog-eared. Your game <laughs> yeah, is that's broken. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so, I just want to I just want to hear Ben say minis mechanically matter at least three more times in this. Game. <laughs> minis mechanically matter. Minis mechanically matter. Minis mechanically matter. Well, spring oh, I just get pull a little trick. Little, little spring loaded loaded rockets. Yeah. yeah. No, that would be great. Pew. There actually yeah, like, was there actually was a, a Star Wars branded game where they were spring loaded rockets yeah, yeah, for it. a yeah. while. It's great. Yeah, like, uh, it would be a really cool concept, but like I said, you'd have to do it on a really small mini count sort of game yeah. to yeah. make it to make it really viable. Otherwise, you got so many moving parts that it's going to be a nightmare. Like the organizer you'd need for that would be a disaster. If you had that many moving parts. I think it would be cool if they came out with magnetized things for us so that if you like shot something, you could have a chunk of it come off. That would right. be cool. But what again, that's adding a lot of cost when you're putting in magnets and that sort of thing. What about like some of these push fit like minis that we see? Why don't you just have like minis where like if you pick up a you open a treasure chest and you find like a sword, you can take the sword mini and put it on take one like off of it and put another with the like sword. Legos. That was like I Joe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically gi joe at that point then yes it's like, it's like <laughs> but i'm just saying like, like that would be cool to be like be able to have like modified mini. minis that you could <laughs> he's, modify. Texting oh, you. he's texting you he's texting he's texting your wife right now <laughs> tweeting about what a terrible person doug is that's lego yes but there but okay hungry there is a reason why lego sells it's awesome Yes, Lego and is amazing. they also make Lego like games with Lego pieces. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I'm saying that like, why don't we? Why are we just focusing on minis themselves? Why don't we just you take know it why? to the next level? Why People don't we want make the them... detail, Doug? Hmm. They want the ridiculous detail on their minis. Well, they want their I, minis to look badass. I know that, but now we've got this. Why don't we make it even? Why? Why aren't we trying to incorporate more, like? theme and more like mechanics because with it's those easier then. to make one mini mm -hmm. instead of a one mini in 12 pieces that's this is true that's why that will always be the stumbling block man as long true. as 3d printing is that difficult to achieve at a high level 
Could, like, could you imagine if you had to make like five hundred thousand of a mini, all of that <laughs> in twelve pieces each, all of them with push fit options? Like that would be amazing. Would, it would be a nightmare <laughs> and a cost disaster. Hungry says, "I have tons of mini figs, and I have used them for RPGs, especially Star Wars. Yeah, they're good for that. See, yeah. you could make. <laughs> we should make like a Lego board game." dungeon crawl where like you can just get like little okay so here's so now that i'm now that i'm saying Uh this out loud now we're in the game design segment of the show (laughs) it reminds me of it reminds me of uh the tiny epic uh what's what's the tiny epic where they had the item meeples the tiny 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 dungeons well i they they incorporated it in a bunch of them zombies has it dungeons has it dungeons does not have it they actually have miniatures for that one didn't galaxies have it no, no, no. no. There was, I thought they there had was that for the quest. show. Wasn't it Quest? Was it Quest? What's the one oh, that looks quest. like? Yeah, not not Dungeon. Yeah, Quest. I believe you are correct on so, that. So, like, there, there's a, there's the thing where they took meeples and they actually gave them weapons and that you could like pick up and like, why can't we do that with miniatures? It's expensive, Doug. I keep saying you keep telling you that and you keep not listening. <laughs> yeah, but evidently Tiny Epic were, was able to do it. Uh, Vanderbeast says, so Doug is saying I should play with my Legos more. Yeah, absolutely. You probably I, I should. Play. If you if you paid money for them, you should probably play with them. <laughs> I mean, Le- Barney plays with his, like, almost before every show and after. Sometimes during. And <laughs> evidently during. Babu Starfighter. Very nice. Anyway, I, I think we've we've beaten this, this, uh, this topic <laughs> to death, so... I, I'm just kind of curious if, if you've watched this, if you're watching this after the fact, let me know in the comments if uh, if you have any uh, preferences to what uh, minis, what 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 board games you prefer minis in, I there was one other topic that I was going to bring up, or one other question that I was going to bring up. Are there any board games out there that you wish had minis that didn't? But yes. I can't, okay. What? Checkers. <laughs> no. Ah! Whoa! Oh. I I thought oh. for sure. I thought for sure he was going to say Heroclix. <laughs> no, Heroclix already has miniatures. Why yeah, would I well, want to add? I know. <laughs> what they need in Heroclix is standees. Now, do like some do do some cool like checkers minis. Well, didn't you see like, that there was a, there was a chess set there that uh, of course you would see chess sets all the time with like chess various. Sets always, there's lots of fancy yeah. chess yeah, sets. Well, why would you why would you have checkers as? Why not? It's accessible. It's easy to teach. Yeah, but there's not like multiple. There's just like two sides. And of... you could do, but you could do the thing you were talking about because when they get to the opposite side of the board and you king them, you could give them a little crown. It's true. He's not Ghost, wrong. Ghost Raccoon says tic tac toe with minis. I mean, <laughs> my kids I have a, a tic tac toe, uh, like a crocheted tic tac toe oh, set. Nice. <laughs> that someone made them. It's really cute, like, actually. Some of the old board games like Clue could use minis. That'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah, that would be yes. kind of neat, I guess. But I mean, again, there it is. Like, I does it I, really need minis to like? I, I think one that would be really cool um, would be the uh, the Arkham Horror Living Card Game. Oh, hmm. Okay. Get 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 some nice minis that represent the investigators because you actually do physically move around yeah. in different rooms that are represented you, yeah. by cards in the game. 
If you have a really nice bust or like a little bit larger scale mini that represents an mm. investigator, it would be, be a cool. nice upgrade for that game. And yeah, it, you wouldn't need a lot. You would just need two nope. or three per, per game. You could sell you could sell them with the with the expansions as mm-hmm. they come out. Like put two in the main box and blah, 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 as you go. And even like you said, a little bust would be perfect. Barney, how about you? What what do you think? Do you think that there's any any board games that you wish hadn't had minis in it? Well, I think if you wait long enough, you're going to end up seeing them. Like I said, I did see Candyland had some minis on it. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I think, you know. But, you know, if I, if, I ha- if I had to pick something, like, off, you know, that, I, that I'd have to think of that I wished had minis to it, um, Yeah, I don't know. I can't. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. I, all I have to say is uh, I think we can blame Monopoly for this because had they not put out the little tin hat and the 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 dog and, and all the other those minis, the you know, I don't think we used we'd to have this. as kids over the top right. hat and the, right, and the thimble. Like imagine, remember the, like the race playing car? the thimble and the race Dude. car. Like car, that's yeah. that's what like pretty much spurred our love of miniatures. In why the haven't they? Why haven't they made a live action version of, of Monopoly with those pieces? Because I we're living it. Because we're living it, Barney. Right. I want to see a thimble get in a fight with a dog. I want to see. I want to see <laughs> that happen. Nice, nice. Everybody wanted right. to do the race car, but I was fine with the top hat. Was, it, was anybody ever the wheelbarrow? Nobody. Nobody wants. My that. brother was, liked the wheelbarrow. Actually, I, I, I was sometimes. I was sometimes the wheelbarrow. Ugh. My, it, I, I always got to pick last, so it was like, okay, I can be the wheelbarrow, or I can be like the thimble. I guess I'll be the wheelbarrow. I, I gotta find a documentary on why they made those particular pieces. There's gotta be a reason why. There is. There's gotta be. There yeah. is. All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Chaotic Goodcast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. Let us know in the comments if you, there are any uh, what your preferences for for board games and, and miniatures that are included with board games. Whether you could live with them without them, or if you'd like to see certain games with them that don't have them currently. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us uh, in the chat. Uh, I'll remind folks that uh, if you would like to join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can join us uh, live. And, uh, yeah, later this year uh, we will be at Granite Con in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire in September. So if you would like to uh, check us out live, uh, you can come to Granite Con uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire. Just go to granitecon.com. And, uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you there. We're excited. Uh, there's quite a few of us that are going to be there. And uh, we'll also, uh, I'm also going to be at, uh, you know, Ben and I will be at PAX, at PAX East here, coming up here in Boston in April. And uh, I don't know. But uh, Amanda, are you, you going to be anywhere? Uh, uh, the, same weekend as, the same weekend as PAX East is also uh, Bangor Comic and Toy Con, and I'll be there. Nice. So if you're not going down to Boston, if you're staying uh, further north in the Northeast, then you should come to Bangor Comic and Toy Con that weekend. Doug, I'm, I'm going to go to Bangor Comic and Toy Con. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sounds good after all the Hero Clicks talk this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Another level of betrayal. That's right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, and then uh, I should be at uh, Origins and, and uh, Gen Con this year as well, so I hope to see everybody there. Uh, yeah, be uh, excited to, to, to hopefully connect with a whole bunch of the, the community here uh, that uh, we have on the show. So appreciate it. All right, that is going to do it. 
for this episode. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We will see you all next week. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victoryconditiongaming. They have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. I kept thinking today was Sunday. I almost forgot that. Uh... It's, it's not. It's <laughs> I know. I also was very confused about that, though, because the kids have vacation this week. Well, everybody yeah. has vacation. Derek has vacation, too. So I'm just like, everyone is home. What day is so, it? Go away. So originally. <laughs> go away. <laughs> originally, this this episode was going to be my recap of Pensacon, because I was going to be coming back from Pensacon. Because uh, mm. uh, we were gonna, we had tickets to fly out uh, Thursday morning. First thing, I can tell you a little bit about this this ordeal. This was this was a lot of fun. Uh, so we were supposed to fly out first thing Thursday morning, and uh, we I get the an alert the, the night before that our six o'clock flight, six a.m. flight was pushed back to to nine nine o'clock. Um, so it was pushed back three hours, and so but it still gave me thirty minutes to get to my washington dc flight it would get we'd get into washington dc have 30 minutes and then hop on the flight from dc to to pensacola then i wake up at three o'clock in the morning i get another notification that my flight has now been pushed back to 10 15 and i'm like oh which means okay no, you can't possibly make your connection now i can't possibly make it but here's the thing like so so it says hey you know you're not going to hit your connecting flight rebook your flight all right, we'll we'll help you find another flight. So I'm like, okay. So yeah, I pushed I pushed the little thing on the on in the app, and it said no flights available. Uh, so I'm like, oh, well, that's not cool. I guess I'm just gonna have to go up to the airport and go to the counter and have them find me a flight or find us a flight. So I get to the counter, and they're like, I'm like, hey, I was supposed to be on the six o'clock flight. It got pushed back to ten fifteen. Yada yada. I need another flight because it's not gonna connect my. It's not gonna get me to my connecting flight. They're like, well, what time? Does your flight land? I said, well, it's supposed to land at 12.15. And then my flight from D.C. leaves at 11.45. They tried to tell me that, oh, there'd be a chance that you could probably still hit that flight, get that flight. That kind no. of I'm like, how does that work when it's half an hour after? They're like, well, you know, planes sometimes land early. And Do you have a TARDIS in your pocket? And I'm like, <laughs> mm, no, not going to do that. So I'm like, no, I need, I need another flight. And so they're like, okay. And so they, 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 I'm like, what? They're like, okay, well, all the flights are booked from getting into Florida. I'm like, okay, well, give me somewhere near Pensacola, you know, some, somewhere near Pensacola. Couldn't even get me into any, any airport into Florida until maybe, maybe Saturday evening. No. So no. what they what they were encouraging me to do was to hop on a flight to Washington DC, my original flight, and then wait to see if maybe I could get a flight to Pensacola, Florida Just have fun Saturday being, evening. Being stranded in DC for an indefinite amount of time. That's fine. Yeah, no. Considering <laughs> I was I was coming back Monday morning at not at six six AM. I would literally be there. 
less than a day and a half. And it would literally take me like three days to get there. Yeah, I was I, at that point. I should have just started driving down because that would have probably got me faster, got me faster down there. So yeah, it was not a great ordeal, and and uh, they couldn't get me. And they they were actually looking at, at putting me on another airline to see. And everybody was all just booked up. It was crazy. So when it didn't even occur to me that a I'm, that, that that it was a holiday weekend and B that most schools were out the last week of February for February break. Right. And it's, why, and it's yeah. going to Florida. Right. And it's going to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I know quite a few people who are in Florida right now. Exactly. So, so yeah. So needless to say, I did not go to Florida and uh, I'm kind of bummed about it. Um, but, that sucks. Uh, I'm sorry you didn't get is. to go to Pensacon. Did not get to go to Pensacon. Uh, I was able to get uh, my kid's uh, plane ticket refunded uh, since I booked mine through a package with Priceline. They are telling me that they will only refund me $47 uh, because that's what. Uh, and oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. So that's fun. Yay. Yay. I love uh, the fact that they canceled the flight, but it's, uh, it's on you. I, well, no, it's like, it's like, yeah, they, and here's the thing. When we got to the airport, like the airplane was there, like at the, at the terminal, like it was sitting right there at the terminal terminal. When we walked in, I'm like, oh, wow, that's, I mean, our flight's right here. I wonder why it's delayed till 10, you know, 15. And so like, as I was going through all of this with the counter, I'm like, so I'm just kind of curious, like what, like we got here at like, before eight o'clock and the, the the plane is right out there at the terminal like wh- why why is it delayed they're like oh we're on a flight break right now flight break what's a flight break well you see we're so short staffed that we have to take mandatory flight breaks otherwise people get booked for days on end like which is that, terrifying and that's so cr- unsafe right <laughs> yeah but our pilot has been in the air for the last 75 hours. No, hope you don't, really? hope you don't die. Let them sleep. Right? Ah. So I'm like, yeah, Never. okay. I mean, I get that. That's, you know. So they do the same thing with truckers now, too. Yeah. It's not yeah. good. It's terrible. <laughs> so if you work in the airline industry, thank you for working. The, and, you know, I, I, I know I was very annoyed and I'm sure I wasn't the only person that's been ever been annoyed over these last few weeks and months or whatever. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for helping as much as you could while I was trying to get my tail to Pensacon, but it didn't quite work out, but oh well. Hey Doug. Yeah. You could have gotten a train from uh, Rutland to Orlando for $188. Really? How long would it take? It takes like, it, it, I've done it before. Oh, it'd be a lot faster than your plane. I'm just saying. I know, but <laughs> how long did it actually go anywhere? Right? How long does it take to get down there? It takes like two days. No, it's it's like 24 hours on the train. Yeah. Is it just 24 hours? Yeah. yeah. I know I did it once. Have to stop. I went down and I went back. And you said it goes to Orlando, right? Yeah, yeah. See, I've done that. I've done that one other time, way, way, way back years ago, and we didn't get a sleeper car. And I'll tell you what, 
since I didn't get any sleep going down, like that first day in Florida was like the most miserable day ever. That I, I was see. so tired. That I can see. I just want to get us. You know, I've always wanted to take the train and just to get a sleeper car. And I think there's there's something innately just like the sleeper so, cars are really pricey. I've done the train a lot, but I always just go coach because the sleeper cars are quite expensive. And just, it's not like and being in coach on a train is nothing like being on a plane <laughs> at right, all. Sure. You have plenty of room to like stretch out and get a pretty good nap in. It's not going to be like really nice deep sleep, but you can nap. Yeah, I remember I was on a I went on a train in college and I was coming back and it was funny that I on my way back from on my way back when I left college, like I graduated college and on my way back we went to a karaoke bar and I dislocated I dislocated my knee singing karaoke. So, uh, what? And, what kind of karaoke are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing so I was swinging my hips. My, my one hip went that way. My knee didn't move, and I popped my knee. It popped, it popped right out, just like that. And I fell over, and it popped back in. And I got back up, and people were like, and I was hopping, and I said, I have to finish the song. So I finished singing, and then, and then, and then they're like. I'm like, That's dude, that was awesome how you fell down. I was right on beat and everything. Okay. And I said, I just located my effing knee and I want to get the effing home right now. So anyway, long story short, on my way back, it was the day after I had a brace on my knee and I couldn't go anywhere. So I'm on a I'm on a I have a brace around my leg. I'm on a train for from St. Louis to 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 uh to Vermont. And I was sitting across this guy who just kept muttering to himself saying, nobody's getting out alive. Nobody's getting out of here alive. Ah! And I'm like, you know what? This is the time I wish I had a sleeper car because, you know, I didn't have to be hearing this for a day and a half. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, at that point, even, even if I had gotten the train ticket, like it would have gotten me down there way, way too late. And anyway. And then I would have had to try to find a way to get from Orlando to Pensacola, which is, I think, that's and you would have been on a train with Sid. Yeah, for yeah. a day. I, I would have been probably on, would not react well, well to that. I, my my kid does. <laughs> my 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 kid does uh, want to take a a train uh, ride at some point. So you know that really? might be a, okay. might be a, a feasible way to do it. But uh, yeah, that's that's a long uh, that's a long that's a long uh, travel. Well, there you go. You could do that for PAX. Yeah. You you could PAX. join Ben. Uh, yes, um, we could, or we could just fly in directly. It's very non-committal. Why are you flying to Boston? You live in New England. Oh no, no, no! no. Right I mean, like there. I'm fly, flying to Pax Unplugged. I thought Pax uh, Unplugged. I thought still, Jason was saying Pax Unplugged. No, Pax East. Are you, are you saying Pax East, Jason, or like Pax a Unplugged? Of the one that Ben and you raced to. Oh yeah, that's Pax. Oh, Unplugged. that was Pax Unplugged. Yeah. 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 No. Um, maybe if, if the family goes muted. down with me to pack some plug, which they probably won't ever do, uh, we would probably take a train just because it is more economical. But uh, you know. I still vote for Team Moped. That's just. Mm -hmm. Jerga wants to know if we have a Discord. We, we do. We do. Uh, let me see if I can get it in the. Uh... It's surprisingly active. Like I just, I never googled, and I come up like. But Jason uh, is like chatting on there, like like. Yeah, we do. We have some good chats. We I, even have I, an adulting channel. I don't do I don't do Discord. Just FYI, I'm not on there. Sorry. But she is going to be on. She is going to be on TikTok soon. I am going to be on TikTok now. Barney what, called my bluff. Why, why are you? You actually built for it. Awesome. He did it. He started his own TikTok, so now what? I have to. I 
I we'll I have TikTok. My word. I do pretty well on TikTok despite not having very many followers. I will be the one like holdout for that and stuff like that. I just I, I just record myself reacting to like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is about Discord. Every time I open Discord and I look at it, it starts to give me a panic attack, and I just close it. I'm like, no. <laughs> trying to get the. Uh... There's too much happening here. I can't deal with it. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the uh, edit invite link so that it doesn't aspire. I'll save. Copy link. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get it over to uh, the chat here. Let me see if I can get it in the chat. It here. can happen. Well, Jason probably could. Do, although I don't know if. Uh... Yes, we do have a, a Discord. It's actually quite li lively. We have. Uh, we have some good. Uh... Oh yeah, Jason's talking all the time on there. There we go. And then we're just... our, then we're in our chat like. Jason's like, I haven't been on here all day. I'm like, Bo, I've been watching you on Discord, buddy. You've been chatting. <laughs> Those are two different things, Barney. <laughs> yeah, I'm not much on Twitter myself. I'm not. Uh... Twitter, Twitter is, is is only worthwhile if you very aggressively curate. Yes. Aggressive yeah. curation. Yeah. And yeah. even then, it can still be stupid. It's kind of yeah. a stupid platform. It, yeah, it, it's not what it's supposed to be anymore. No. It's people like it posting can, it, twelve part dissertations every five good, minutes. Good good things can be on Twitter, but you have to really aggressively weed yeah. out the right. very stupid things. I've had yeah, that's true. And there's a few people that I follow that only do stuff on Twitter. Yeah. I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. well, I guess I have to see what this person's up to. It, it's one of those things that I any social media platform is gonna be what you make of it who you surround yourself with yeah. on it and uh be liberal with the with the curation like don't yeah people get so butthurt about oh my god you don't follow me on twitter you don't so and so like, blocked me on twitter exactly. they don't I, follow yeah. me it's like oh if, my gosh are if we you in, would like are we in middle school like it's fine <laughs> i i actually like instagram i've been posting more of my instagram stories and and to uh that that uh, more more recently so if folks would like to uh, to join the uh, follow me on Instagram, just go to Victory Condition Gaming and, and follow it there. Just call it uh, the Gram now, Doug. Oh, they just call it. Or it's, no, I thought it was called Insta. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like Instagram to be honest with you. I think that's fun, and I, I kind of want to do more like Instagram lives there. Uh, I need to do that more often. I think I'm going to do that more while I'm at the conventions instead of uh, hopping on Facebook. I'm going to try to do more. Uh, Instagram streaming instead of uh, on Facebook. Instagram's a bit more good at it than Facebook. Yeah. So. It's the same company. It's all meta. I know it's all meta. It's all meta. But yeah, I, I, the, I the, initial, like... the initial platform wasn't. And when, they, when Insta came out with their video features, they were a yeah. lot better than Facebook's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think I'm gonna probably do that a little bit more. I tried to do it last year while I was at uh, a few of the conventions. I think I'm gonna do it a little bit more this year with uh, with Instagram. So if folks would like, uh, give me a follow on on Instagram and love to uh, share all the stuff. Like today, I got uh, the Root RPG. I got a whole bunch of Root RPG goodness from Magpie Games, and I posted that on my story. So yeah, I, I try to try to post something at least a couple times a week. I try not to. Yeah, yeah. Check out. Yeah, Doug's got a really cool Instagram page. Check it out. It's, it's called. It's I'm spell it out for you it's a g e o f n i g h t that's, <laughs> that's not even my instagram my instagram is actually different <laughs> that's hilarious my instagram is actually amanda call art sorry i'm confusing oh 
Oh, so inconsistent. check out if you want to see Doug's page. Doug has a really good Instagram. It's A M A N. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks to everyone. Shout out to everybody that uh, stuck around even after the credits and, and so on. We we do this show for you all. And, and oh, Doug, really Doug, what, Doug, what do you got? There's one more game that has cool minis, and that's that's my stream. I got, um, I got cool minis. Oh, what is you that? Your own mini? Got my own mini. Yeah, it's not gonna oh, focus, yeah. is it? It's not gonna. Nice. Look at that. It's yeah. me holding, holding, holding a cup, cup of coffee. coffee. Are you pointing? I am. I don't think I've ever seen you point like that, though. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't do that. Although I did on stream today, do this to thank did someone, I, and I blame you. Yeah, I think this, <laughs> we, we should start doing this just in general. No. Thank you. Thank you. About smacking each other. Oh, okay. No. Appreciate that's not everybody that, that tunes in, <laughs> and uh, I hope we can all connect at some point in 2022. So. Right, that's going to do it. We'll see you all yeah. soon.